That's a channel? Hold on, let me call my manager that's right not quick. A channel, channel? That's not a channel. No, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. You need the outer space package? <laughs> <laughs> Podcast where we talk about everything from professional wrestling to whether or not The Last Jedi is anywhere near as bad as the original prequel. Not the original prequel, but the prequels. I liked. Well, alright, so. I got into Star Wars because I saw. Uh, was it? The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. So the prequels, yeah. So. Yeah, the last Jedi was pretty bad. Like, I, I like the uh, the second trilogy better than I agree. This one right now, at least for sure. Mary Poppins up and everything, and yeah, no, that was laughable. Lame. Laughable. Anyway, you are listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples Two Apples. That's Grapples the number two apples. If you don't want to catch us there, maybe you're listening to us on your mobile device. Could be on Google Play Music. Could be on. Apple Podcasts, whatever floats your boat, whatever device you got, matters that you're listening. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Will the Thrill, Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, baby, that's who I be, because that's who I is. You know this. And as usual, with no exceptions, joined by the lovely man to my left. Your boy, the one and only. The very sexual, the very doit, Mr. Sunglasses at night himself, the prophet, shades. You gotta get that that horn drop. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's so gonna yeah. be cool, like like the other podcasts. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so we're gonna cover the fallout of AEW Double or Nothing. Raw, SmackDown, the go-home episode of NXT for NXT TakeOver 25. Some WWE news as well, some injury updates. But before we do any of that, please, my main man, do me a favor. Do me a solid right quick. Ring that bell. So the only WWE news that we have is that AJ Styles (coughs) is banged up. Yes, sir. Not injured, just banged up. So they wrote him off of TV this week by having have a back injury. Yes. And I mean, that's, it's not a... can't use it quotes because AJ does stu- suffer from back injuries, like back pain. But I don't think this is a back injury. I think it's that was to write him Related off. to that? Right. This is to write him off for a legitimate injury, but there's like zero details. It's just he's backed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, not backed up. He's banged up. Excuse me. Wrong... You know, middle middle podcast. That's the wrong podcast for that one. So, he's going to take some time off. Don't know how much. I'm sure it might be like a few weeks at most. Yeah. Because if it was something more severe, then they would call it an injury. They might disclose what it is. But for him to be banged up, I'm sure he'll be gone for maybe two, three weeks. Unless he's scheduled for house shows. Right. And they don't want to say he's injured because then people won't go. This is true. You know, not AJ's not there. I mean, they lie about house shows all the time. All the time. On a regular basis. It's WWE's, like, forte to lie. They're liars, eh? All they want to do is lie. So, yeah, that's, that's that. So, that's WWE so news. That's WWE news. 
Now, the... Int- no, hold on. Before yes, we go yes. to the non-WWE news, yes, you would think, like, some sort of news, some interviews would have broken after, you know, some WWE people coming out talking about AEW's double or nothing that happened over the weekend, but Mom's not the a word. peep. Like, maybe Vince has them locked up tight right now. Well, you had the wrestlers who put up tweets before the show, mm-hmm. and I think one or two during, but there's been nothing since. I think Vince was like, oh, word, y'all think y'all cute? No, you're done now. You're fired, all of you. Yeah, but he has Bailey. Bailey was out tweeting. and Bailey, Sasha, Biggie, Biggie, and Becky Lynch from what I can remember. Where Becky Lynch took a shot at how long their pay-per-views are. Where, like, she was, um... <clears throat> there was a tweet about her doing some sort of appearance that lasted, like, six hours. And she goes, so, a.k.a., like, WWE's shorter pay-per-views. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, on to the world outside of Titan Towers, as if Titan Towers still exists. The internet wrestling community, the whole wrestling community, is still abuzz after this weekend's AEW Double or Nothing, AEW's first show. Uh, some things that came, so after the show, there was a what they call a media scrum, where different performers were standing outside in front of a backdrop and different media outlets could interview different superstars at their leisure. Almost like a press conference, but like seven, all that one. So most of them were pretty kind of just like, what do you think of the show, so on and so forth. But Cody's interview, I think, brought out some very interesting details about AEW and their future. So... I took a couple notes down from things that he said, and a few things that I that I jotted down were the following. According to Cody, pay-per-views will not be every month, and will not be four to five hours long. That's good. <clears throat> now, right now, they're doing monthly shows, mm-hmm. but I think that's because we have to wait for the TV deal. for the for the weekly to start on October. So right now we have double nothing that just wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Fighter Fest is in the middle of June. Mm-hmm. Um, All Out is in the end August. of August, like August 31st, something like that. And then Fight for the Fallen... Is in July. Is in July. Okay, so it's Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen, All Out, and then presumably we go into lives. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could take a break from All Out... You don't do anything September, you right? Do, you, and then you get you jump First right into October. For, for October. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's what I'm guessing. I mean, those are the only that have been announced so far. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that's what they're aiming for. You know, one a month until September. Take that month to really plan out to tour to figure out the tour schedule. I'm sure they have to put these you know tour dates on sale and figure that out. I cannot wait. Because according to, so another thing according to Cody is that it's going to be a weekly, live, two-hour touring show. So every week, they're going to be live for two hours, and they're touring across America. So. When they come to that New York area. Yeah, boy. We're there. I mean, knowing our luck, it's going to be like some random place in upstate New York in like Niagara Falls or something. <laughs> Niagara Falls is only a five-hour drive. I'm game. Been there before. Ain't nothing new. Uh, another thing noted is that he says All In and Double or Nothing will serve as as tent pole shows. So these, I'm, I'm guessing, these are going to be like their two big shows 
of the year or two of their big shows throughout the year. Okay. So you're going to have, I guess, you know, every year there's going to be a double or nothing or all in slash all out or some variation of those two pay-per-view shows. Okay. <clears throat> Lastly, Cody mentioned something about the TV show being a little bit more, I don't want to say violent, but a little mm-hmm. bit more mature. Mm-hmm. And he alluded to a presumably hardcore-centric pay-per-view that's in the works. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing we might have a ECW nod type thing at least one time during the year. Okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And it makes sense considering the roster that they have. You got Joey Janela, who loves breaking his body. You have John Moxley, who, you know, made his bones in CZW. Breaking his body. Right. You got, um, who else? Um, Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc, who, I mean, the guy's nuts. Darby Allen. You know, you have guys who are more than happy to put their bodies on the line in a hardcore sense. Yeah. Hangman, you know, he had his match with Joey Janela at All In last year, so you know Hangman's willing to throw down if he needs to. Um... They had Tommy Dreamer there. Tommy Dreamer, I'm sure they can always pull out of the the hat if they need to. I'm sure they can do something with uh, get Bully Ray in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assuming that Bully Ray is willing and can, I'm sure they'll they'll. I'm sure he's it. more than willing. Right. He's worked with them in the past. <coughs> this is true. So, <clears throat> these are some of the things that came out of Cody's media scrum after Double or Nothing. Some more news that came out of Double or Nothing is that John Moxley who appeared at the end of the show and surprised everyone, got into that, you know, post-match battle with Kenny Omega, has officially signed a multi-year deal with AEW. Which we... We kind of assumed. We figured that was going to well, be the case. And, and we did announce it at our um, on our recap and review. But for those of you who didn't listen, it is a multi-year deal. There is no word as to exactly how long the deal is for. We also know that he has an independent contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> So he will be making his New Japan debut facing Juice Robinson for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship at the Best of the Super Juniors Finals on June 5th, just days before Dominion. So welcome to New Japan. Here's a subtle shot. He does carry a lot of star power right now. 100% for sure. My thing is... And it's smart by New Japan for latching on knowing... How much of like how much fire is gonna be behind him joining AEW in the way he did? My question is, do they give him the IWGP US title? I think that depends on how long his independent contract is with AEW. I mean, with um, New Japan. If it's a short few matches while they wait for you know AEW to start up in October, then I can see either a super short reign or not at all. I mean, it's May now. Yeah. This is gonna be in June. Mm-hmm. June, July, August, September. You have them hold the belt for four months, have them drop it before the AEW contract really kick in, that's it. Yeah. You really want to cap... If you're uh, if you're in New Japan, you really want to capitalize on Moxley being... Absolutely. He's know, the hottest Moxley name right in wrestling right now. Yeah. Like, in, was it February, March, Kenny Omega was the hottest name mm-hmm. in wrestling. Where mm-hmm. is he going to go? Mm-hmm. Moxley is the hottest thing in wrestling right now. Yeah. Simply because of name power. Yeah. It's amazing how we go through these, like, waves, I guess. And two of them are for roster purposes. So, like, you said Kenny after Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. He was the hottest name on the market. 
I mean, he's always the hottest name on the market. Right, but, but like he was know, the hottest free agent. At the yeah, time. he was yeah. the hottest name on everyone's tongue. Then when Becky Lynch blew up, she was the hottest thing in all of wrestling. Like yeah. no one could touch Becky Lynch. Now it's John Moxley, but it's all like context, contextual that mm-hmm. that creates the rise of these of these these huge moments for these careers and these and these superstars. So my my thing is like people didn't like Dean Ambrose, people love John Moxley. <laughs> that's but they're two separate characters, and that's the point. And that's why he left WWE. That was he. So he cut a promo after Double or Nothing, uh, a small video promo, and he basically said, "He's like, I'm, I'm unleashed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm free. We're breaking the paradigm. Blah blah blah. All this stuff." So clearly, he felt restricted and restrained by WWE as Dean Ambrose. I mean, I've seen him perform as John Moxley one night, and I'm, I'm more. Of a Moxie believer than I ever was a Dean Ambrose believer. Well, I've always, I was never crazy about I've Dean always Ambrose. liked his Moxley character as opposed to Dean Ambrose <coughs> because his promo work as Moxley was fantastic. Mm-hmm. His promo work as Dean Ambrose wasn't bad, but it wasn't Moxley. You know, like it's so I so I didn't know Moxley. I wasn't watching wrestling before Dean was Dean. Yeah, so I didn't know John Moxley. So knowing what I've seen from Dean Ambrose and then watching him. In a one day span in AEW, it's like whoa, this guy's so much cooler than that dork. It's night and day. He was a two, he was a, he was a dork. Yeah, he was a dork. He like, wasn't crazy. Playing he wasn't, practical jokes. Yeah. And that was, it, was, it was corny. And the wacky clothesline and the hot dog carts. I'm like, this isn't cool. This isn't edgy. This is corny. It's lame. It's, it's gimmicky. It's gimmicky. It's hokey. To put it in Dina and to put it in John Moxley's own words, it's hokey. Watching him on Saturday was just so cool. Mm-hmm. The way he came out, the way he laid everybody out, the fight with him and, and Omega, his look, his demeanor, his posture, his face, everything. I was like, yo, that's cool. Where's that been? Behind the veil of WWE. Hey, we need you to be more kid centric, more kid friendly, brother, and the fist pound so and what? No, dumb. Anyway, let's not get caught up because I can talk about some interviews that I read or listened to rather recently, and I can shoot WWE apart if I want to. Anyway, following more news, let's move away from AEW real quick. Let's go over to Ring of Honor. Bandito will be challenging uh, Shane Taylor. For the TV title at Ring of Honor Best in the World pay-per-view in Baltimore, Maryland on Friday, June 28th. So, good for Bandito. Hope he doesn't get crushed. Because Shane Taylor's a big boy. Not a small man. No no little. No little. Uh, Moving on from Ring of Honor to Impact Wrestling. Santana of the tag team LAX has been cleared to return following his MCL injury. So we reported this injury in the beginning of the month, mm-hmm. and now, three or four weeks later, he's cleared to return to the ring. So good for him. Happy to see him return. Happy to see him healthy again. And you know, LAS can continue to doing what they've been doing because they've been, they were killing the tag team scene, as as well as you know the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. They were probably one of the top five tag teams working at the time. Mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, Jordan Grace. And my last bit of news. So, this was interesting to me, because I had understood that Jordan Grace had signed 
a contract with Impact previously. She had been working exclusively with Impact for the last few months. Mm-hmm. What it turns out is that she had never signed an exclusive deal. Mm-hmm. There was a contract on the table. She never put pen to paper. But she had a, a verbal agreement that she would work with them until they figured something out. Mm-hmm. So now they figured it out. And Jordan Grace has officially signed with Impact Wrestling for what she says, quote-unquote, for years to come. Now, she seems very happy. Mm-hmm. In her tweet and in the release about this contract signing, she was like, you know, I'm very happy. And, you know, money and exposure don't mean anything to me if I'm not happy. My contention is the most important thing. And I'm all about that. And, like, really good for her. I'm happy for her in that sake. If she's happy, Jordan Grace, do you. Mm-hmm. However... I really, really think she chose wrong here. Don't get me wrong. Impact has has a good women's division. But the way she showed out last year at All In and put herself in, not a limelight, but showed herself out to the wrestling industry. Because, let's face it, are people like, you had to be a deep female wrestling fan to know who Jordan Grace was before I All In. she was, yeah. Right. But then All In comes, like, she shows up, she comes into the ring, she's, like, squatting Johnny Cage. Mm-hmm. Not, not, is that his name? Not Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage is the guy no. from Mortal Kombat. What is this guy's name? The giant monster guy from Impact. Oh, I don't remember his name. Brandon Cage. No. Something, it's something Cage. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know who you're talking that about. That giant, like, roided out dude. Mm-hmm. So she squats this guy at All In. And now everyone's like, yo, Jordan Grace, Jordan Grace, Jordan Grace. She's getting bookings here and there. Signed with Impact. And now she's officially signed with Impact. Again, I think she would have been better served AEW maybe. Where there would be more eyes on her. And I don't know. Whatever. If she's happy, she's happy. That's all that matters. She might, and maybe it's because it's central. Like, Impact isn't going. Like, they don't tour. Yeah. The Impact Zone is the Impact Zone. Yeah. So maybe that appeals to her more than, you know, traveling with AEW. No, listen, if you got a house in that area, why would you want to leave? Why would you want to be on the road? Yeah. And, you know, her and Jonathan Gresham just got married, like, a year ago. Mm -hmm. And she already said on Twitter recently that they're going to have kids. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's part of it. You know, instead of going on the road and doing all this stuff, maybe she wants to be somewhere where they can make a home for themselves and have a family and so on and so forth. So, again, if she's happy, I'm happy for her. I just, selfishly, I wish it was an AEW so I can watch more of her. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much... Um, I mean, you could watch more Impact. Bro, do they even channel? Like, what, t- what, what channel are they on anymore? I mean, we made the announcement months ago, I don't even remember what channel they're on anymore. Shoot. Like, I some, have no some idea. Some weird channel, like Verdict or something. Some nonsense. Basic cable? <laughs> You have to have like eighteen packages just to get the channel. Yeah, you got to package the package. To I'm the saying, the bro, you got to call your cable provider. Yo, can I have this channel? They go, that channel exists. That's a channel. That's Hold not, on, let me call my manager that's right not quick. A channel, channel. That's not a channel. No, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. You need the outer space package <laughs> 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 or our feed from Mars. Out of here. So that wraps up the news outside of WWE. So. Mr. Shades, considering that this weekend is NXT TakeOver 25. Yes, sir, it is. That means that tomorrow's episode 
you know, or today's episode, for those of you listening to this one that goes up on Wednesday, <clears throat> will be the go-home show. So unfortunately, because of our scheduling, we're not going to be able to cover the go-home show before the show. But how about you tell us, in about two minutes or less, what happened this week on NXT and NXT UK? I think I could do that. You think you could do that? I think it's time for some return of some NXT and two. All right, so let me get my timer ready for you. Oh, that was quick. Tell <laughs> <laughs> me when you're ready. Hold on, sir. I'm just going to pull up my notes. All right, notes are ready. And I am ready to two. Now. <clears throat> Okay, so the show opens with a video package of the Viking Raiders relinquishing the NXT Tag Team Championships, stating that there is no more competition left in NXT. Which leads William Regal, the commish, to make a fatal four-way f- scheduled for NXT TakeOver 25, which contains the Street Profits, the Forgotten Sons, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan, and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly of the Undisputed Era. Now, NXT opens proper with the latter. Bobby Fish, Adam Cole, baby. Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy Strong are out there talking about how they are better and more together than they have ever been. And they are interrupted by Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole Bay exchange some heated words and the Undisputed Era get jumped from behind by Matt Riddle. They turn beating up uh, Matt Riddle. Johnny Gargano comes down and makes the save. The officials have to break them up. Next we have Mansoor versus Sean Maluda. Mansoor wins, extending Sean Maluda's losing streak to like a thousand like matches. <laughs> Velveteen Dream comes out and talks himself up to the full sale crowd and is an interrupted by Prince Pretty, Tyler Breeze. They exchange some words. Tyler Breeze says, just because you put your number on your trunks doesn't mean anybody's going to call you. He Ooh. hits them. They're scheduled for a match at NXT TakeOver 25 for the NA Championship. Candice LeRae defeated Reyna Gonzalez. Uh, Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair and Kushida versus Drew Gulak is scheduled for tonight's NXT. And in NXT UK, Travis Banks defeats Joseph Connors in a f- Fade 4 qualifier match for the number one contender spot for the UK Championship. That is a mouthful. Noam Dar defeats Mark Andrews. And Volter defeated Pete Dunne with the help of Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel, creating what may be a powerhouse team in NXT UK. That is NXT into, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Got it right at the gun. Pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. Very nice. Well done, Shades. Very nice. Well done. The only thing that I did miss, which we'll cover in our sort of predictions for NXT 25 mm-hmm. at the end of this episode. Okay. So, it's that lovely, inevitable time of the week. The end of the, the podcast, so no. we don't have to cover Raw and SmackDown anymore? Soon, by Young Jedi. Soon. I am itching for the days that we can stop covering this mess of a show. But, let's talk about Raw real quick. There's some things here in Raw that I think stuck out to me. That even if we weren't real like into Raw and SmackDown or whatever, I'd want to, to touch on. Yeah. So this is the Raw... It's funny, people are hashtagging raw after double or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> people are so petty. <laughs> no, it's the best. I love it. So, I, I mean, and, but it did have that feel. And from what I understand, people were tuning into raw just to, to see, see their what response. They do. Yeah. 
which is fascinating to me. They spit the bit. When the Monday Night War started, I was too young to remember or to experience that whole like beginning, the first opening salvo of the the doing the Mall of America and puffy shirt Lex Luger comes out and sure, <laughs> And like, I don't remember any of that. You know? Yeah, I mean, we were also too young. That's what I'm saying. Like when the uh, the Monday Night Wars first happened, WCW and WWF, like my memories, they both already existed in the war. Yeah. You know, so this is the first time that I'm part of, or, or you know, I can remember this sort of beginning chapter, this first shot of presumably another war. Mm-hmm. So it was very fascinating, and I was interested also to see what Raw was going to do after Double or Nothing. And so it's fascinating to me, their approach, because it made literally no sense to me. Every episode doesn't make a difference. N- no, you're 100% right, but to me, with the context... They're consistent and being just, inconsistent. It's just ignorant at yeah. this point. So, ignorant and arrogant. Because so Double or Nothing was on Saturday, right? Wide critical acclaim. Everyone in the industry, except for WWE fanboys and haters, were all about Double or Nothing. Yep. Right? So how does WWE respond? The first hour of their three-hour show didn't have a single match until the last ten minutes. And that match, you might ask, was Shane McMahon versus Lance Anawaii. So, two days, 48 hours... After double after AEW double or nothing puts the world in no, on notice, WWE goes, "Oh, you think you had a good show? Give me fifty minutes of promo. Give me Shane McMahon versus a jobber who happens to be related to Roman Reigns. What? How is that the right decision? All right, let's 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 backtrack a little bit more. Made no sense. Just a little bit more." Brock Lesnar, being the uni- not the universe champion, gosh, the Mister uh, Beast in the Bank. Oh, Beast in the Bank, sorry. Probably my favorite winner of the Money in the Bank contract the boom in box years. Thing? Not only because of the boombox thing, but they're playing different songs while he's coming out to it. He's got the New Day, he's got Seth Rollins, and then Paul Heyman is just air guitaring his life out, and Brock's like, "Yo." Stop that. <laughs> Brock being the Money in the Bank, you know, winner, was just like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I don't want this. But he's making a joke of it, and mm-hmm. it's. It, I'm enjoying it. Okay. You know they already have Brock Party t-shirts out? I know. I want one. No! See? Don't do this. I want one. That, no, see, you're feeding into Vince Man's crap. I know, but I saw it, and I was like, oh, Brock Party! Oh my god. Yeah, boy. This is, we talk about this all the time. We have to be talking about holding Vince accountable. And what are you doing? You're about to buy a Brock Party t shirt. But it's so good. <laughs> it's his money in the bank for the blue box. I like, know. It's awesome. You gotta love it. Did you see that the briefcase is now changed so that one side is the money in the bank and the other side is the boombox? No, I didn't speakers? see that. Oh man. Some woofers. Oh. Love it. It's it's an, you know I will give him credit for running with it and making it funny. Yeah, he's making it fun. Like people hated it. Uh, obviously, we're gonna hate it when he cashes it in. But what he's doing with it now is entertaining <coughs> to me, and that is something that 
I don't really get from Brock Lesnar. Like, mm-hmm. entertaining. Mm-hmm. So, in personality. that... Personality. Personality. So, in that sense, like, thank you, Brock. Right. But, I mean, for the rest of the shows... So, let me let me continue on to what I was talking about. So, during the match between Shane and Lance and Hawaii, remember, this is the first match of the night. Yes, sir. That started about 8.50-ish. The fans start chanting, this is awful. This is not what you want on your Raw after Double or Nothing. That your first match is chanted, this is awful. And I'm sitting here watching it, I'm just like, oh, this is bad. And not in the, this is awful way, like in the, this is not good for Double, this is not a good, this is not good, this is bad. Not good luck, man. Not good luck. Like, the rest of the night did not really do anything else to help. So, for example, Brock Lesnar only now learns that the money in the bank briefcase can be cashed in any time within the next year. He did not know that. You're telling me that one of your top guys doesn't know this rule? (laughs) Where Paul Heyman's reading the rules of the money in the bank briefcase... And Brock takes the, the paper that he's reading from and smacks Paul Heyman in the face with it. He's like, I have a whole year? I have a whole year? And we're doing this now? I'm sitting here going, so we're supposed to be cool with the fact that Brock doesn't even know how the rules work? I mean, he had his money in the, he had a money in the bank contract cashed in, in his match. But he apparently doesn't know how it works. Brock is, is definitely one of those, yo, I come in, I do my job, I leave. That's it. Figgity fact. Figgity fact. Furthermore, now this is something that I thought was awful in so many different ways. So the whole night they're hyping up Corey Graves' new segment, The Electric Chair. Where performers are going to get in the chair and they and the fans can ask them any question they want. Nothing's on, nothing, nothing it has limits. Completely just no boundaries, asking whatever you want. His first guest, Sami Zayn. Now, we've seen them do segments like this before. Remember with Alexa Bliss and and Bailey? Yeah, when they had had people in the crowd asking them spotters? Yeah, it was awful. So they did it again. And these people are asking questions like, oh, I just want to know when's your retirement date. I'm just like, oh my god, this is so bad. And stupid questions like this. And then, like, after the fourth question, Sami Zayn goes, you guys are so dumb, you're the worst, you could have asked me anything, you could have even asked me about AEW. The crowd goes, oh. Corey switches the, the, the conversation real quick, and the fans start chanting AEW. Now, if this was scripted, what the F was the point? How does it benefit you? Because it wasn't an insult. It wasn't a jab. He just goes, you could have asked me about AEW. So now, the people in the crowd who weren't thinking about it at the moment are now going to think about it and chant. And those who didn't know about AEW because of your casuals, now they're going to look into it. What is the point? How does that help you? And then there's like, oh, well, maybe Sam, maybe Sammy uh, Zayn went into business with himself, for himself. I don't think he could do that. But... If you go to um, WWE's YouTube channel and click on the clip of the Electric Chair segment, that part is taken out. 
Because hmm. so, I'm looking up like, cage side seats now, and they're saying that Sami Zayn mentioning AEW on Raw was scripted, unless it wasn't. <laughs> and there's other ones, Pro Wrestling Sheet. Uh, Sami Zayn did not grow off script mentioning AEW on Raw. I do not think that Vince would green light. Um, uh, I think Vince would green light that he Sami Zayn wouldn't go into business for himself. Right. So, but so then, if that's the case, what is the point? What are you achieving there? Mm. If you're Vince and WWE and double nothing just happened and they took a shot at you, both <clears throat> metaphorically, literally, and you know, figuratively, your response is to give them free publicity. Not even, like, an insult, not a jab, no shots, just, you could have asked me about AEW. Think about all the casuals who had no idea what that was, and are going, hey, what's AEW? And then they see, excuse me, then they see Dean Ambrose's face, but he's not Dean Ambrose anymore. He's John Moxley. They're like, hey, what the heck is this? And they see him in the ring with Chris Jericho who they probably remember from Jericho's List. So now they're, oh my God, Chris Jericho and Dean Ambrose, what is this thing I want to watch? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know, man. From a competitive perspective, it makes zero sense. I don't get it. Um, <coughs> other bits from Raw, Rey Mysterio is going to be relinquishing his United, his United States Championship next week. Samoa Joe says he'll be there to reclaim what is rightfully his. If Dominic and Joe do not have a match, I'm not watching this anymore. Well, rumor is, Ray wants to pass off the mask to his son. And from what I found out, listening to interviews the last few days, is apparently Ray's son, Dominic, is a wrestler. So, maybe that's what's going to happen. First of all, that mask is way too small. To fit Dominus, Dominic's melon. Figure to imagine to actually hand the mask to him. Like he might do it symbolically, but he probably doesn't expect his son to wear that same exact mask, or any of his eight million masks. Can you imagine how many masks Rey Mysterio has? Way too many. You think it's like one drawer, or do you think it's one like chest, or like a, a whole? I think it's a chest. For it's like sure. a chest, right? Or like a whole dresser, maybe. Yeah. That's nuts. Imagine. Like, if I was him, I'd have like a bunch of different mannequins with my masks. It's just That takes up a lot of space, though. So? Yeah, you're right. He could have a whole room of that if he wants. Yeah, you're very Mysterio, bro. Like, He's got to have a Oh, lot you have it like your iconic mask. When you won the World Heavyweight Championship, when you won your titles, your last match with Eddie type things, you know? How many of those masks do you think he's given off to charity? Like auctioned off? Yeah. Probably at least half. Right? Probably you gotta think half. at least half. Yeah. Because in his 25 plus year career, there's no way he kept every mask he's ever worn. I mean, he definitely has like his first mask. It may not. Think about it. It's your first mask. It may wow. not last that long. Yeah, but I mean, you could. Most guitar players don't have their first guitar because it got beat up so bad, it's in pieces. They have like parts of it. I still have mine because I'm a nothing and nobody. I have my first pick. <laughs> Then I made a riff. No, I don't have it anymore because I gave it to, gave it to, to Amanda and yeah. Amanda lost it. Yikes! Yeah. No love. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. um, at least SmackDown started with a wrestling match. 
Where we had Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. I mean, versus um, Kobe Kingston. Well, we didn't. You didn't tell them about who qualified in the Fatal Four Way match to. Well, it was supposed to be an elimination match, and it was just a pinfall. It was yeah. just a one fall. They, they they were way past the clock. <laughs> they were like, in the Fatal Four Way elimination. Remember, it's elimination. One fall. Wait, wait, a, hold on. Did I miss something? And then they tried to say, oh, they eliminated themselves by going into the crowd. Or, but long story short, Baron Corbin will be facing um, this guy, Seth Rollins, uh, Brooklyn's favorite son, Baron Corbin. Favorite son. At least they were in his hometown this week. Were they? <clears throat> He's from like Kansas City. Oh, oh I said Milwaukee. Milwaukee. No, he's Kansas City's favorite son. Did he get you? Ever so slight. Ever so slight. Oh. It was like a spattering of cheers. Usually they get the cheered booze. and then they run down the crowd anyway. Was, uh, whatever. So yay, Baron Corbin. Woo! That was fun. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, SmackDown starts off with Kofi versus Kevin Owens. We had Lacey Evans versus Bailey because reasons. <laughs> Elias became the new 24-7 champion just to lose the 24-7 championship later. And, I'll, okay, I'm going to go on a tirade about the 24-7 championship in a little bit. Just giving you a heads up right now. Cool? Okay. In a little bit, not yet. Um, Roman Reigns and R-Truth defeat Elias and McIntyre in the main event. We had a... Shane McMahon celebration because reasons. Oh, yesterday we had the Uso block party with them and the revival playing cornhole. I just... Is it October yet? And they want to know why their their ratings are in the toilet right they now. They don't want to know why. Vince thinks he knows why. Thinks Vince thinks he knows everything. You just said the revival and the Usos. Playing cornhole at the Uso block party. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because they're like, oh, you know, we're, we're happy that you guys stopped being so immature and you invited us to this party. And Uso's like, we never invited you. And Naomi's like, I invited them. I was like, what am I watching right now? My question is, where's the tag team champions? Where are the tag team champions? You have the Usos and the Revival doing this whole rivalry of immaturity. Where are your tag team champions? Why did I sound like Jerry Seinfeld just now? (laughs) Where are your tag team champions? I mean, come on. Seriously. I, I, I don't get what they're doing. I said, like, you know what? Let's mess up as much as we can. Because they're still going to love us. I'm telling you, when we finished watching Double or Nothing on Saturday, I felt a weight lifted off my shoulder. This weight of like, huh, I don't have to watch WWE anymore. I finally have an easily accessible alternative. Don't get me wrong, I love music in New Japan. But going on New Japan World on my laptop. It's like diffusing a bomb. It's such a pain. And I like Ring of Honor. But finding them on TV is like diffusing two bombs. 
an impact. What again? I don't have that Mars cable provider thing to to get their channel. <laughs> That's like diffusing a bomb without the bomb in front of you. I'm saying. So, to be able to to have something where I can just from USA to TNT, which on most cable providers is literally a channel away. Yeah. To be able to make that quick switch is going to be such a relief. Now, I want to go ahead and, and talk about the 24-7 championship real quick. If you don't mind. Is it going to be real quick, though? It's, it's going to be quick and chase. Quick and chase. So, when they unveiled the title, what was it, two weeks ago, right? Yes, sir. We were talking with Matty Bizzle because he was watching it with us. It's like it was last week, so yeah. Whatever. Know, two weeks ago. Whatever. And Matty Bizzle was saying... This could be really cool and fun because they can use social media to really push this. Mm-hmm. And I said, fine. That's probably going to be the only highlight to this whole thing. And they dropped the ball. They have not had a single title change take place on social media. No? They've had our uh, truth be active on social yeah. media about it. But all, of, it. all of these the lower card guys have been active about it. Drake Maverick is putting up the signs, wanted. These guys are all looking for him, blah, 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 blah. But there hasn't been a single title change on social media. You live in an age where everyone is plugged in. You live in an age where on every Raw SmackDown, you want to talk about how you have over a million, billion, quadrillion followers, more than every other sports league and channel and Kardashians, blah, 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 blah. Use it. Just on Twitter, randomly have... Like, post a video of, of someone losing it, or someone winning it, whatever the case is. You know, SmackDown was just right now. <clears throat> tomorrow afternoon, or tomorrow night, or even in two days from now. Maybe at a house show on Friday, something. Whatever! In an airport, in a car, whatever the case is. All these wrestlers are on Instagram and Snapchat and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I can type in anything right now and watch some what they're having for breakfast. You know? Very so true. why not use that to your advantage? Hey, listen, truth, what are you doing right now? Oh, I'm getting breakfast with so-and-so. Who, who's, in, who's in the car with you? Blah, blah. Have them try and pin you for the for the title. Okay. Make sure someone's recording it. Okay. You, you shoot it. You send it to WWE. Let WWE post it. Boom. Don't even have WWE post it. Have R-Truth post it, and then they could post it. Then they could WWE retweet it or whatever. Retweet it. Yeah. Just use social media to your advantage, but they haven't done that. A 24-7 title, and it's only changed hands... Three times on Raw, the first three, the first two on Raw. Yeah, Titus won it, then Rude, and then our truth. Our truth. Then he held it for like a week and a half, and then he dropped it to Elias, and then Elias drops it again at the end of the episode. And this leads to my next point that I want to complain about twenty four seven title. Tonight on SmackDown showed just how meaningless, pointless, and irrelevant this title is. In theory. Any championship that your company holds should be worth chasing. Mm-hmm. Anything. Whether it's your Intercontinental, United States, Tag Team, Universal, Heavyweight, World, Six Men, Cruiserweight, Women's, whatever, t- Never Open Weight, whatever titles you own, should be something that your wrestlers are looking to attain. Mm-hmm. So in the main event, current champion, Elias, gets pinned by Roman Reigns. 
to end their match. And at the end of the match, Roman looks at him, looks at the title, spears Elias again, and then tell instead of pinning him himself so that he can get the 24-7 championship, <coughs> he has R-Truth pin him so he can go ahead and be the 24-7 champion again. What does that tell you about the championship? It's meaningless. Your top guy is Roman Reigns, right? That, that's how you advertise him. Roman Reigns is your god, right? He's your Jesus. He's your new Cena. He's your new Rock. He's your new everything. John, Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. right? Your top, top guy looks at your brand new championship and goes, <laughs> Hey, you, go win that thing. Go, go, go get it, guy. Go win yourself a championship. I, I'm after bigger fish. Yeah. That's so pathetic. That completely spits on the title and spits on everyone who's going after it. You're, these guys are, are vigorously chasing after a title that Roman doesn't even care about. What does that tell you? You have Titus O'Neil and Bobby Roode and, and Elias Young and EC3. They're all running through the arenas chasing this guy. Just Elias. <coughs> Say it again? You said Elias Young. It's... It's just a Oh, I meant um his name's Elias Sampson, isn't no, it? No, no, it was, yeah. I mean um Eric Young. EY, yeah. sorry. I'm sorry to calling him EY in my head. Eric Young, all these guys are chasing after this belt that a bigger guy doesn't care about. It is your jobber mid card belt. It's so sad. Why do I care about twenty four seven championship if Roman Reigns isn't? I mean, it has a green strap, so no one should care about it. <laughs> but it's just I don't I don't know, man. I understand. My thing is, it doesn't matter as long as there is a ref and there's a three count. You're the new champion. If Roman Reigns pinned Elias in their match, <clears throat> he should be the new champion. He should be the new champion because otherwise they don't announce it. It just happens. Exactly. Right. Schoolboy. One, two, three. Ding, ding, ding. So it's not like you have to pin him and then go. Oh no! Wait. Now, the 24-7... No, it should be at any given time. Yes, sir. There was a ref in the ring. Both men were there. It had. It was in the 24-hour time clock. In the seven days a week span. Roman Reigns is... 24-7. Not 23 and a half. Not 20 and a quarter. 24-7. Yeah, so... As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, in the middle of the match, if someone wants to come over and schoolboy him, that should count. Uh, my thing is, I'm not going by who's the champion now. Roman Reigns is the lineal 24-7 champion. <laughs> like, I'm starting my own, my own thing. <laughs> Your own timeline? Yeah. So whoever pins Roman Reigns will be the next 24-7 champion. <laughs> Until eventually, whoever's the 24-7 champion. Champion up. and the lineal champion lines up. That's <laughs> it. I, I think you're gonna be waiting quite some time before the same person who pinned someone who pinned Roman Reigns is someone who wants the twenty four seven championship because it means nothing. Yeah, no, it doesn't mean nothing. Nothing. My commemorative United Championship means more. Yeah. Disgusting. You got anything else to add? Not to Raw SmackDown. <clears throat> you want to talk NXT? 
I'd like to run through uh, some some 25 real quick. Let's let's do that right quick. I don't think we're going to do some predictions, but we're just going to run through the card and okay. give our takes on who do we think is going to win. Nothing which official, is, just which you is know. sort of like predictions, but it's not an actual Right, we're not going to keep tally. We're just going to we're just gonna talk about it. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to lose two weeks in a row. Oh my god. You don't have that much room in your punishment tank. I hate you so much. Which I have the punishment for you. Oh, lined up. God. Yeah. We'll talk about this off the air, I guess. Yeah, we are. Oh, you let me por Dios. you Okay. So, this was stated on NXT last week. Because of the scrum between Undisputed Era and Matt Riddle and Johnny Gargano, Matt Riddle will be taking on Roddy Strong of the Undisputed Era in a singles match at NXT TakeOver 25. Hmm. Am I going to continue reading this? Or you want to jump in? You Oh, I thought you wanted to go, like... I thought you wanted to talk about this match. I, I know you want I to mean, go match by match. I mean, it's Roddy okay. Strong okay. versus Matt Riddle. All right. I mean, on last week's NXT, um, uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly actually pinned Matt Riddle. So, he's losing. So, he's going to want his win back. Riddle's definitely winning this match. See, I want to say he's definitely going to win this match. But they could also have him lose dirty. If he loses in a dusty finish, then, you know, he still saves face. Mm. But if Roderick loses clean, or if he loses by accident because of the interference of the Undisputed Era, that continues to push that narrative forward. Okay. So that's why I'm struggling. I can see them going either way with this. Okay, so I think Riddle wins. Okay. Because my my opinion, I think Cole's gonna win the NXT title. Ooh! And he's gonna say, "Hey, I beat one of your guys. Now it's time to take on their leader." Which would be smart booking, in my opinion. Interesting. So you think Adam Cole Bebe defeats Johnny Gargano? Yes. I happen to agree with you. I think I think it's gonna happen. I think they wanted that feel good moment for Johnny. Yep. But they're always their plan was always to have Adam Cole have the belt. See, I really wish they would just put the belts on all of Undisputed Era. Yeah, sort of like what they did with um, Evolution with it. Even if for a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. Adam Cole hold the NXT, um, the uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish hold the tag because duh, and then Roddy hold the North American. Yeah, but if we're gonna do that from here. We can take two of those steps, but then we gotta wait for the third. I mean, you could always get if Strong. All right, so let's use your logic real quick. Mm-hmm. Roddy Strong beats uh, beats Riddle, mm-hmm. and Riddle and and Velveteen were in the last feud that they had together. Mm-hmm. That earns him a shot at, at you know, Velveteen. Velveteen. Mm-hmm. Then he beats Velveteen on you know two weeks from now on an NXT. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I mean, I definitely think Velveteen Dream is going to beat Tyler Breeze. Oh, without a doubt. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, Roger Strong beats Matt Riddle. Velveteen beats Tyler. <clears throat> Undisputed wins their, their ladder match. Oh, I also want to um, fully read that quote from, Vel- from uh, excuse me, Tyler Breeze. Okay. Go ahead. It says, you put your name, you put your number on your trunks... And no one calls you. That means nobody wants you. And then he punches Dream, flattens him with a punch. Yowza. Yowie. Wowie. 
I think Shirai goes over, by the way. Yeah, I think so also. I think Shirai goes over. I think Shayna Baszler will either get it back soon. Be a three-time women's champion. Oh. They can't move her until the other two are ready. True. And the other two are not ready. Not even close to being ready. But if she beats Io, who's left? She's beating Mia Yim. She's beating Bianca Belair. Everybody. Yeah. Io has to win. And Kyrie got moved up now. That view's, you know, effectively done. They have Io has to win. Io has to win to 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 push this feud longer. Candice LeRae can go against Shayna Baszler. They're still building Candice. Candice LeRae just beat Reyna Gonzalez, and Reyna hasn't done anything. So it doesn't make any sense to try and put Candice in there right away. So you have to, if you're going to do that, you have to build Candice while Shayna Baszler and Io Shirai are doing this. I mean... Where you can do Io and Shayna are having the feud, right? Io holds on to the belt for a little bit. Shayna finally takes it off of her, does a, a beatdown, and here comes Larray to save Io Shirai because they've built a backstage friendship. I can see that happening. Also depends on what they do with the Mae Young Classic again. Mm-hmm. This is true. This is very true. Yeah. This is going to be a very interesting show. Because they're all title matches except for One. Riddle and Strong. But there's some severe implications in that match. <clears throat> because presumably whoever wins this match could move up in the North American title scene or even the world title scene. I mean... If it's Riddle. Who... Who after these two guys, you know? Right now? I mean, the only person that you have that would even be, like, a believable force to be reckoned with, and he still, like, needs a lot of work, is Jackson Riker. Ooh, no, he's nowhere near ready. He's nowhere near ready. By the way, I think the Forgotten Sons are winning the, um... The ladder match? The ladder match. I want the Undisputed Era to win just to yeah. have all of our thing come to fruition, but right. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, they've been pushing the Forgotten Sons. That, uh, they've really been pushing uh, Oni Larkin and Danny Burch, too. they got to do something with the Street Profits. They've got to do something. they got to figure something out. Because I feel like these guys have just been kind of floating for almost a year and a half now. This is the only match that I'm like, yo, anybody can win it. Should be a good one. Not great. Because uh, <coughs> Blake and Cutler aren't that good. But Oni Larkin and Danny Birch are really good. The Street Profits Larkin are Larkin and Birch can really go. Undisputed Era obviously can really mm-hmm. go. Dawkins and Ford are athletic. I just don't know what they can do with the ladder. Yeah, I mean, if they're athletic with themselves, I'm sure that they can, you know, really put a ladder into play and take well, off. We'll see. I mean, this I, get, I think this has all the makings for a good show. Not great. Cole and Gargano are going to be fantastic. Shirai and Blazer is going to be fantastic. Um, the ladder match is going to go one or two ways, depending on how the Street Profits and the Forgotten Sense perform. Mm-hmm. Dream and Breeze will be good. That'll be a real good, nice, solid, technical wrestling match. Mm-hmm. And then Riddle and Strong should be fine. Two different styles. You know, I just I can't stand by Riddle, so we'll see what happens. Five matches, usually their takeovers only have five. Usually, yeah. It's usually the the four titles and then like a an opening card 
Which would be Riddle and Strong. Right. 100%. Unless they're going to have tag titles open, Riddle and Strong, Women's North American NXT Championship. They open with Riddle. Because with Riddle. the whole bro thing going on early. Bro. Bro. The king of bros. Loser. I love Matt Riddle. How? Because he's like me. Except he's a pothead. <laughs> oh, I can't stand him. Anyway. He's here for a good time, bro. Not for a long time. Bro bump. No, no bro bump. We've been friends for 15 years. I'll give you a bro bump. You're going to bro bump me? I'll give you a bro bump. You're going to bro bump me, bro. I'll give you a bro bump. Bro. No, no. You can hold your fist out all you want. I'm not giving you a bro bump. I'll give you too sweet. I'm not doing the bro bump. All right, so that's going to wrap up this episode. Of Crabbles and Apples. Put your fist down, bro. You got a bro bump me, man. No. <laughs> oh, no. He did it. He did it, guys. No, you bro bumped me while I was coughing. He's count. lying. There's no video evidence. I hate you so much. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> so that's going to wrap up our episode of Grapples and Apples this week. You've been listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples and Apples. Grapples and number two. two. Apples, if you haven't been listening to us there, you might be on your mobile device on Google Play Music or on Apple Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on our social media pages. That's Facebook and Twitter.com slash Grapples to Apples. Again, that's Grapples, the number two apples. Don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe. Do whatever you got to do to get us in as many ears as possible and eyes. Whatever you got to do so we can grow, so we can continue to, you know, do what we do from the discomfort of my living room. Um, (laughs) As always, I have been one of your hosts, Will the Thrill, the Poetarian. Shakespearean candidate, major English, whatever you need me to be, baby. That's who I am. That's who I is. I'm joined by the man with the uh, the power. The man with the hour power. You know what? The man with the the power. Man, too sweet to be sour. <laughs> but more importantly, the prophet. Oh my shades. God. How long is the prophet thing gonna go on? It's gonna go on for a very long time I until I lose again. All right, bet. But stick. To our social medias, for sure. No. So we can see Will the Thrill's Punishment. And we can all point and laugh. No. <clears throat> so until next time, guys. Peace. Peace and love.